this episode of The Interface, I speak with Mark Cunningham, General Manager of Amphenol Industrial Operations. Mark has been with Amphenol for almost 10 years. We discuss his AIO business and production facilities and the continued proliferation of RADSOC contact technology into a wide variety of applications. We talk about the explosion of growth in the industrial market and how the AIPG group continues to be so successful. We talk about growing up in Rhode Island, then going to college in Massachusetts and majoring in plastics engineering, which of course is where the future is. We talk about his love of boating, starting a brewery in Northern California, and the crazy 24-hour period where he not only gave away his daughter to marriage, but also became a first-time grandfather. And we bring it full circle with this Desert Island album, book, and movie. This is The Interface. All right, well, let's, let's see what we can do. So let's get started then. So first, thanks, Mark, for deciding to do this today or me twisting your arm to do this or whatever it may be. Uh, I appreciate you joining me, though. And it's good to see you. I haven't seen you in a while. Uh, good to see you, too, Chris. Yeah, thanks. Thanks again for doing this. It's a fun, uh, fun and interesting way to stay connected with the company. Well, thank you. I enjoy it a lot. And, and hopefully a few others like it as well. But uh, let's just Talk a little bit about what you do, right? So for people who don't know who Mark Cunningham is and, and what you do, just tell me a little bit about your current role and what you oversee, uh, just so people get an idea. Yeah, I'm the general manager for Amphenol Industrial Operations, and we basically span a, a few locations. We supply industrial connectors, really an, an outgrowth of the mill aerospace business in Sydney from, gosh, 20, 25 years ago, right? Right. Uh, I picked up the baton from uh, from Martin Booker, and we've been really trying to expand the uh, the industrial connector applications. So we've got uh, facilities in uh, Mexico and Nogales. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, that was a main facility for us for a long time. Back in the mid 2000s, we opened up a greenfield facility in Zhuhai, China. Mm-hmm. So back in Zhuhai. We also have a facility in Shenzhen. Uh, so those three uh, main facilities may make up the main production areas with us starting kind of a, uh, I'll say a, a reshoring effort in, uh, in Endicott a couple mm-hmm. years ago, kind of a brainchild that we had that, hey, maybe we should be doing more stuff back in the U.S. because we hadn't hadn't done much manufacturing for a while, in the U- specifically in the U.S., and we were seeing uh, a lot of interest from customers in the proximity area around, you know, upstate New York and mm-hmm. kind of the northeast region. So between those now, four, you know, four main locations, that's uh, really the the main areas that we uh, build, build and ship from to support the industrial market. And what are some of your major product highlights that you like to talk about a lot and specifically to some of the newer ones that you're most excited about? Yeah, well, I'm really excited. We continue to grow our uh, RADSOC contact technology, and it's really a technology driver for us. It's used not only in AIO's products, but it's also sold into um, other group companies, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sister divisions that use the uh, the RADSOC technology for, for power termination. So it's really been an enabler for us and uh, a pretty unique uh, contact. We, we've seen, you know, very strong growth given everything that's going on, everything from uh, the EV revolution, the mm-hmm. electrification uh, actions that are going on. We're seeing a lot of draw and pull 
for these types of products. But we also make a power to board applications. Mm-hmm. So uh, probably, you know, you don't think of industrial as, as, as power to board necessarily, but we're seeing a lot of applications for the RADSOC single point of power. So we've introduced some, some newer, higher performance RADSOC capability. And we, we see that as being a strong, you know, a strong product roadmap for us uh, here in the, in the future for our strategy. For those who don't know uh, what RADSOC, the, the technology is, I know it's into a socket contact, right? But it's really a technology. Yeah. It's a contact technology. For, for those that don't know what RADSOC is, though, can you just give a brief description? Yeah, RADSOC, it actually stands for radial socket. Right. So it's, a, uh, it's basically a twisted grid or these contact beams. So instead of a typical... Uh, blade and fork or a tulip style contact, you have multiple bands of of copper basically that come in contact with the actual pin. So you you get a lot more surface area for the size or or the space. So we're we're able to offer high amperage, small size type applications. So you can get into a smaller package, lighter weight, and, and still deliver, you know, high amperage. And now we're, we're taking, we've taken products up over 23 millimeters. Uh, so we're, you know, getting into the thousands of amps in some yeah. cases for, for heavy industrial applications. But, but most of our, more, most of our applications have been running, depending on power to board is kind of in the lower size, like 2.4 millimeters up to six or eight millimeters. And then we're seeing the EV and energy storage revolution going from, you know, six, 5.7 up to 14 millimeters. And that's getting us up to four or five hundred amps in, uh, in yeah. power. So in a single in a single contact. So yeah, it's it's incredible. Uh, it's really it's really a great technology, and you know um, it was uh, an acquired technology way back when in the early two thousands, and uh, we've really expanded it, seeing seeing lots of applications uh, across you know many markets now. What are some of the other products or technologies that you're you know, part of your AIO team that you're also excited about? Yeah, so I, I like to, to split our business kind of into three uh, product segments. So we had the RADSOC, which we just talked about. And then you have our circular connectors. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows Amphenol for being uh, round and green, right? Yeah. So, so we kind of, we branch off and we're round and black, round and gray, round and, you know, nickel plated. <laughs> so right. we've taken uh, a lot of, standard, um, you know, PT, GT, mm-hmm. 5015, and, and driven that into the uh, uh, industrial segments like heavy equipment. So uh, heavy vehicles, rail and mass transit, a lot of what I call instrumentation and uh, motion controls type applications where you're using a PT for like signal, signal and control, and, and maybe a GT or a 5015 style product for, for power. So you have the circular connectors and that we also have built some derivatives like our 97 series, which goes into things like welding equipment and uh, hospital beds. Mm. I mean, you can find our products <laughs> all over the place. Yeah, um, yeah. Next time you drive by a cell tower, more than likely you'll find our BTS product uh, on one of the base stations or radios use that. We've done a significant amount of connectors for cell base station development, especially now with 5G. Uh, We're seeing that expand quite well. And the last area is really um, value-added products. Okay. So 
cable assemblies, we've moved more into cable assemblies. It's been a fast growing area for us and even harnessing. So we've, we've got a couple of key accounts where, where harnesses and uh, PDUs, you know, small, what we call electromechanical devices, SEMDs, where you might have a box with several of our connectors on it, maybe uh, an AnyTech terminal block, a PCB mini MSD or something, trying to combine some of those products together into a finished product and that and that value is really helping us grow and that that that's really helped us expand our uh, Shenzhen operation so we're doing a lot of uh, assembly and uh, box build type applications there junction boxes and then one of the main drivers for the the Endicott program was uh, to be kind of a proximity support for value-added assembly mm-hmm. that's been really uh, really successful for us now Right. So you moved into the Endicott New York facility just outside of Binghamton, New York, a couple of years ago uh, into the AIPC building, actually, same building that AIPC right. is in. How has that gone so far? How have you how how would you judge the integration into that facility? Do you work with them at all? Or are you largely separated? Uh, yeah, I mean, actually, we've been able to set up not only us now, but I think if a couple of other uh, businesses have yeah, come into right. Facility. It was, you know, it's been a long, it was a long time facility for, for Amphenol and um, has a significant amount of space. It was a pretty large manufacturing location. So yeah. in the beginning, we took about, I'd say a quarter, quarter of the space on one end. And yes, we coordinated with Mark Wetzik and the team there and really helped us to get this, uh, this program going. And, and I think it was, it was a little bit it was a little bit like a Kevin Costner moment, you know, if you build it, they will come. <laughs> I mean, we had some some basic plans, but we said, you know, we believe that we can really take on much more opportunities here if we had this uh, base of operations. So it started out slow as, as with anything, you know, and we're all kind of scratching our heads saying, oh, geez, you know, is this really going <laughs> to, did we make the right call? Yeah. But we've really continued to pester the team there and and um, we keep asking for more space so yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about about that and we've had some really good success with some local customers in the area but also with some larger key accounts for for Amphenol. so facility of dreams huh <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we started it out and then of course covid hit which yeah. uh, was always a challenge so <laughs> Starting out a business in that in that time frame was was a bit of a challenge. We we, we were able to get some really good people, and and most of them are still with us, and, and really a, a great team that we have there. So we're 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 happy in that, and we've just been really building on it from there. And I think you know it's almost like 2020 was a difficult year, sure, but it's kind of been a rocket ship from from there. And I, I you know I knock on wood every day to you know hopefully this continues, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And let me just ask you a hypothetical here. When when a new opportunity comes in for something new and unique that you haven't done before, how do you decide, okay, this is going to be built at this facility versus the other facilities? How do you decide that as a general manager? Yeah, it's a very good question because uh, we're kind of faced with that, I think, on a regular basis now. You know, we've tried to look at the capabilities within each business. So we've figured, we have been figuring out kind of the strengths and weaknesses and what each facility can offer. Mm-hmm. Certainly our Juhai facility is our largest facility. That's, it's quite significant. 
It's uh, fully integrated uh, for connector manufacturing. Uh, we produce most of our Radsock there. We've got a, you know, an excellent uh, plating facility there. We actually did a significant amount of investment in, in plating uh, in, in China. Typically, if there's a connector high volume application, we would, we would look to ATZ. The Shenzhen facility, ATS, has been more around cable assembly, mm-hmm. uh, the box build, the value-added assembly. We also still produce solar connector. Uh, so in, right. in the, uh, the renewable energy markets, and we're, we're doing products there. But I think what, what's been really helpful to us is trying to align our products and markets, kind of like Amphenol overall, mm-hmm. having a fairly diverse set of markets, a, ver- a fairly diverse set of products. So we can balance that off. We can balance that mix of products. And we're really starting to see that pay off. And, you know, getting back to your original question, we try to evaluate it based on those drivers I mentioned. So the key uh, characteristics, but also, um, you know, what's the load look like as well. well so yeah, sure. yeah. we've tried, we're trying to duplicate some, some of our efforts, especially given the things that have happened over the last few years and some of the market logistics, you know, geopolitical challenges to try to get business continuity improvements and uh, and to look at how we could leverage. So there's, we've moved a lot of uh, product back to Nogales. So there's a lot of product, you know, connector products and and also doing assemblies there and just trying to, trying to balance that and then create, you know, enough critical mass in the location so that they're profitable and, 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 and can support their growth. You are also part of the Amphenol Industrial Products Group, which is a wonderful group. You talk about all the different applications uh, and industries that just you specifically as AIO touch, and then you add the rest of the entire group, and it's it's unbelievable. It's basically, you can't go anywhere in this world at any time, in any place, <laughs> without seeing uh, an Amphenol Industrial Connector somewhere in just everyday life, right? How, how What's That's it like true. being a part of that group and led by Martin Booker? And, and how much that helps you and gives you confidence as an organization as well. Yeah, it's very exciting. I mean, I, I, I do believe that we are a, a leader in, in, in that market and, and an innovator as well. And we have some, like I said, legacy products, but we've also taken those legacy products and either designed them in or deviated from to create some really interesting applications. And you look at you know, the groups, you know, whether it's DC electronics on the West coast has right. done a great job with, you know, Ruben, Ruben and the team there have done a great job on how they support, you know, proximity from, from California, right. uh, which is, you know, obviously a high cost region and uh, have been very successful to gold star in, uh, you know, Northern China, mm-hmm. you know, the team at gold star has just done a, incredible job if you if you go you know if you have a chance to go to their factory it's it's just a it's an amazing you know the the amount of automation and flow for again harnessing and and cable assembly it's 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 quite significant and uh yeah mr land and the team there have done a a great job and you know you can go on and on the team in in europe with what they've you know put together you know in tuchel and and uh you know, the sign team, uh, you know, it's just a crazy, crazy growth and expansion into a, 
a broad range of applications. So yeah, if you, you know, buy a tractor or if you, you know, even get into a car sometimes right. you'll have product there. I mean, you know, if you, like I said, the medical, the medical market, I mean, that's, that's a whole nother world with uh, yeah. what the team is doing there and, you know, seeing great uh, penetration into a, a wide variety of applications. So yeah, it's been really fun. I think the ability at Amphenol to, to be an entrepreneur Mm-hmm. and really manage and, and, and run your business. You, you know, you're basically given the keys to the car and you got to make sure you bring it home and you yeah. got to keep full of gas. Yeah. And also, I think Adam said one thing to me one time we're, we're chatting. It's um, one thing that we need to be good at is turning Chevys into Cadillacs. And um, that's that's what we've done. I mean, we've taken some, some older products, maybe some products that, you know, aren't your... Uh, in the forefront, they're not flashy and shiny, but they're solid products, and and we've taken them and, and really uh, put the shine on them and, and put them in a position to be uh, leaders in the market and really delivering strongly for uh, for our business. So you know, I really think that's a, that's an important thing, and 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 having the the opportunity to do that. It's funny. I just had this thought in my head uh, as you were saying that, like turning Chevys into Cadillac. I had this analogy that popped into my head of using your connectors, which have been around for some of them 50, 60 years, almost like mid-century modern furniture, right? You get like that old (laughs) 50s and 60s furniture, but they redo it and they re-spin it and they uh, they upgrade it and retro it all out. And all of a sudden now everyone's paying thousands and thousands of dollars for this stuff because it's so cool and so unique. It just, I don't know if that's a, a... a good analogy or not, but that's what popped into my head. Well, I mean, it, it, it is. I mean, you know, we're starting the use of Radsock, like putting yeah. more power, you know, higher power. Uh, we're starting to see more signal and high speed. You know, we've worked with the high speed team in the yeah. past to, to bring high speed contacts in to, to the product offer. We're seeing, you know, fiber and, and, and other requirements uh, coming. So it's the whole industry electrification is just creating more and more opportunities, even to the point where we're seeing on utility poles, the controls and the reclosers and the devices that are used to control our energy to our home are continuing to be upgraded. And if you look around, you'll probably find a PT or a GT on the boxes that are controlling, uh, controlling your utility power. So you know, and could be another great expansion for us as as the world continues on its uh, electrification. We'll get off of work for a little bit now, right? We'll we'll go backwards. All great information, and the future is certainly bright for AIO and the industrial group as a whole. But we'll yeah. we'll go back now, right? So, Mark, where did you where were you born, raised? Where did you grow up? I was born and raised in Lincoln, Rhode Island. Yeah. So, tell me about Lincoln, Rhode Island. Well, it's just, you know, it's a normal, small New England town, you know, my, uh, I came from a blue collar family. My dad was, uh, worked for the town. He, mm-hmm. he drove heavy equipment, you know, back home, worked for the water department basically. Yeah. And my, my mom did a, a few different things, worked in a hospital, you know, as a nursing assistant and did a lot of things back in the day, you know, worked in some mill areas where they were doing the, uh, embroidery and things like that. So way, way back in the day, you know, so yeah, I mean, Lincoln, it's just a small, small town, actually uh, probably not 
that different than than upstate New York, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a small town like set up not too far from Providence. I think the nice thing about Lincoln was we were, you know, 45, 50 minutes from the beach. So you had nice access to the water and yeah. Rhode Island always had great beaches and, and water growing up. So so that was always fun. There's a lot of seafood in the diet, you know? We used to, Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> grandfather used to take us out with the big black inner tube and a bushel basket in the middle. And we get out there with rakes or our feet digging and getting clams and cahogs. And yeah, I'll bring that home. And then you had the old, my mom had the grinder down, down in the basement. She'd grind up the clams and start making chowder. Um, but yeah, it was a good, you know, I graduated high school there and I, I went to college in, uh, in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. Univer- University of Lowell, actually, at the time. Now UMass Lowell. Yeah. Uh, never used to say those two in the same statement, UMass and Lowell. They were used to be, you know. Oh, okay. I did not realize that. It was a very nice, uh, very good school. It was a kind of a combination of Lowell Tech. So it was Lowell Technical College mm-hmm. and Lowell Teachers College. Okay. So you had kind of the the liberal arts, education, music, nursing, uh, physical therapy side. And then you had the crazy engineers on the other side. So engineering, uh, you know, computer science. There was actually a nuclear plant. There was a working nuclear plant on the site at one time. They used to graduate nuclear engineers from from all. It's been deactivated now. We always used to say that, you know, the fish in the Merrimack River were blowing at night, you know. So you had a degree in plastics engineering, I see. Yeah, that's right. Plastics. You remember, uh, I don't know if you remember the graduate. Yes, I do. Uh, that's where the future is. That's what they told uh, the Benjamin was. Braddock. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I might have seen yeah. that once or 50 times. Yes. That's right. <laughs> it didn't start that way. I actually started as a mechanical engineer and yeah. then uh, I found out you know, learn some things about plastics. And it was a very small program, not to give away too much. I was there from, you know, 79 to uh, to 83, I graduated. So, you know, at that time we were going through some transitions and it was pretty exciting because they were hiring a lot of uh, plastics mm. engineers. So they were, you know, folks were getting a lot of offers and it was a small program. So I kind of migrated in there, but there was another reason. I went there originally, I was paying out of state tuition and I realized that uh, plastics uh, wasn't offered in Rhode Island. So if I switched into the plastic program, I could go there as an in-state student. So <laughs> pay in-state tuition. So, uh, you know, the cheapo that I was, uh, yeah, I moved, moved into that. So, but actually it was, it was a great program, really great program, uh, the Lowell Plastics Program. And, I, you know, I've been a big supporter of that in, in that group. And it's really uh, put out some some great people. And in the connector world, you'll find uh, a, a lot of folks. Actually, uh, a fraternity brother of mine is now part of Amphenol down in uh, Green, you know, as part of the FCI acquisition, Jim David, mm-hmm. uh, longtime friend. So it was great to get reunited from a work standpoint with Jim. So, uh, yeah, you, you mean you kind of get this network and you run into people all over the place. So it's, it, it was a fun time. I know nothing about plastics engineering, right? So what would a, a junior senior level plastics engineering course, can you give me like a, maybe a, a, a rough title of what that course would be called? 
Well, yeah, I mean, every, everything from uh, mold design. So okay. you'll, you'll have a mold design class. You'll have uh, fluid dynamics, a ton of chemistry. I must say, I, I could have got out of there with a chemistry degree if I really pushed it. Yeah. But, you know, you're taking general chemistry, uh, physical chemistry, organic chemistry, polymer chemistry. You're getting chemistry pretty hard. Yeah. Um, better, better living through chemistry, for sure. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of design you know, part design, mold design, basic material uh, performance uh, characteristic uh, classes. Yeah, so you would get through a lot of that. I mean, there was a lot of uh, memorization and, uh, you know, things like that to yeah. kind of get through the courses. Yeah, it sounds a lot more intense than uh, like my uh, French and Italian <laughs> new wave film classes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, I know there's a lot that happened then from from college until you got to Amphenol, a lot of work experience in there. But ultimately, how did you get connected with Amphenol? I had worked on and off with Amphenol and a company that I was working with, we, we, we were acquiring and we had our own and we were acquiring more capability in the solar um, and wind market for, you know, wind energy uh, cable and uh, and solar cable. And so I actually came up to see uh, uh, Martin. It was right before the flood, basically. So I was down at the the old facility. Which one? The, the second one. Okay. Second. <laughs> so I was down at the old facility, yeah. and I met with the team to talk to them about seeing how maybe we could market together connectors and the cable to try to put together a total solution for solar. So that was kind of the like the first real contact. Yeah. And then um, I got pinged on an opportunity from from a headhunter, actually, mm -hmm. and got to meet Mimi and Gary. And, you know, the rest, the rest was history. Of course, there was some military products. So there was a lot of similar type military industrial type feel uh, between the product group. So I think that's why it was kind of easier, easy for me to, I don't know, to assimilate is the right word, but to, to understand and become part of the company. And it right. really, you know, me, even though it's been, it's about nine years now, you know, it feels like I've been here for, for much longer. I, I guess that's a good thing, right? It, yeah. Yeah. No, I, it is a good thing. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's been a good ride. Uh, you know, so we've had some fun, we've had some challenges, but I think we continue to overcome those challenges, but yeah, getting, getting here was interesting and, you know, it was really a good uh, a good match, I think. So when you're not working now, right? You're you're off the clock as far as uh, managing multiple facilities around the world and all that. What do you like to do in your free time? You know, I think nowadays in the summertime, I like to get out on the water. Yeah. So uh, we started. We got into boating and uh, really uh, really enjoy that a lot. Yeah. You know, I, I mentioned earlier, I grew up by the water. Always, you know, admired. Look at look at look at that out there, you know. Oh, it wouldn't be great to be out there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, started spending weekends just exploring um, Long Island Sound. Yeah. And it's it's just a, it's an amazing place, and uh, really enjoy that now. You know, it used to be back in the day. Used to you, you know, I used to ski and stuff, but the the knees aren't what they used to be, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the cold. So you know, we you know we like to get out on the water. I think is probably one of the one of the bigger things to do. And uh, another crazy, I'll tell you another crazy story. When I was when I was out in California, and I 
we had this crazy, you know, how hobbies gone wild kind of thing. Oh, jeez, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I got into brewing back in the in the in the nineties. You know, right, and, right. You know, we started brewing a variety of beers. You know, kind of the, the whole homebrew thing, kind of into the you know the craft brewing. And uh, my wife and I, with uh, with a colleague and and friend, uh, opened up a brewery. Actually, really? And, yeah. In Marin County, yeah, and we, we we did that for several years. And um, my wife and colleague kind of ran ran did the day to day operations, but we got it got that kicked off, and you know, took some classes out at UC Davis and brewing and all that crazy stuff. It was it was a crazy time, but yeah, yeah we we ran that from like '98 till 2006. Wow! And then sold it, and still it's still operating today. And oh, that's great! So it's called the yeah, Iron Springs Brewing Company. If anyone's going up there, all right. I'm gonna have to see mm-hmm. about uh, see if they ship to upstate New York. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know, you, you know how it goes. You're raising family. You're kind of focusing on sure. focusing on the kids. My oldest uh, just had a granddaughter. Oh, so congratulations! That's probably really the the newest the new focus is right. is, is that. Yeah, it was, uh, again, another crazy COVID story. You probably have many of those now. A good COVID story. She's 27. She was going to get married in June of 2020. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, had a nice wedding planned. And, uh, of course, uh, COVID kind of dashed that. Yeah. Uh, so um, her and her fiancé decided they were just going to continue on with things. And, you know, we, we were kind of waiting. Could we, could we postpone it to the fall? Could we do it, you know, next spring, next summer? We ended up canceling it. And then, well, you know, come to find out in December-ish kind of time frame, she's pregnant. <laughs> so, yeah. okay, conti- decided to continue with the family. So we ended up having a... Um, what I'll call a, a front yard wedding. She's in uh, uh, Southern California yeah, and uh, had a few people over. We had a really nice time, <laughs> but the crazy story is okay. Married on Saturday, birth of the baby on Sunday. It was probably oh. the latest marriage to birth session ever. Wow. wow. <laughs> so it's a, it's a great story. I got a beautiful, cute granddaughter now. She's uh, just turned nine months and, uh, yeah, it's um, that's unbelievable. It was, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a, it's a good story. Yeah, that, that's for that's <laughs> maybe the t- two craziest happy days of your life, just back yeah, to back. Yeah, we had a great time, and it was it was all kind of compact into this you know three day weekend type of thing. Yeah, and, I mean uh, just just yeah. giving away your daughter, you know, to marriage is one thing, but then literally you you go to sleep, and the next day you wake up, and you're a first time grandfather. Yeah. That's yeah, that's quite we'd gone back, back to the, yeah. we'd gone back to the hotel. You know, we were dead tired. Yeah. You know, we've been running around. We, you know, clean their house the the couple of days before to get everything ready for the for the party. And uh, you know, we're dead tired. We go back. We crash at the hotel, and uh, I think it was like ten thirty. There, we had a phone call ten thirty at night. Hello, hello. Yeah. Uh, hey, Dad. It's. Uh, <laughs> It's eight. Uh, oh, my um, my water broke, and I'm going to the hospital. Holy I cow! Like, oh, yeah, oh, my God. that's unbelievable. So, yeah, so it was a. It's a really good story, and, uh, and you know, a good, good, good one. So now we have number two on the way. So that's yeah, great. The family, the family is growing uh, exponentially here. So that's fun. Yeah, that's that's excellent for sure. So all right, so 
let's do this then to wrap up, okay? You're out on your boat. And like Gilligan and the Skipper, you break down and you're stuck on a deserted island. It can't be Long Island because that's not really a, a tropical island. But you're stuck there by yourself. So it's Cunningham's Island. And mm-hmm. I say to you, you can bring with you one album, one book, and one movie to entertain yourself. Ooh. Okay? We'll start with an album. What album would you bring with you? Uh, these are these are tough ones. Yeah. yeah. What album would I take on the island? Well, I think I think I would probably. I mean, I I I'm a guitar fan, so yeah. I might I might have to lean towards a Clapton album. Okay. But I I also like a lot of the late '60s, you know, early '70s stuff. So like the Who, yeah, something to get you energized, you know, to keep you going. Okay. Might might be something like that, either Eric Clapton or the Who. I think. Okay. Fair enough. For, for I- an album. Okay. Um, How about a book? I never read it, but it's it's one of it's one of my favorite shows, and that's Game of Thrones. So maybe uh, maybe because it's it's you know, massive. It's got yeah, a lot going on. It's epic. Massive. It's sprawling. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah it certainly not, would not take quite you some time. Uh, Tolstoy, but you know, War and Peace, but it's getting there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's certainly <laughs> a lot a lot of war, not a lot of peace. Um, that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, I need something to keep you keep you going for a while. Um, wasn't the original title of that book war what is it good for i'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding it's a seinfeld uh, yeah, yeah, Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, yeah finally a movie how about a movie mm. you know i'm a big uh star wars fan maybe the ori- you know the original star wars the maybe one. Yeah. One. Um, yeah. either that or some you know solid sports movie like uh like rocky or uh feel the dreams you know, Feel the dreams. Yep. Look at that. Somehow we always figure out how to bring it back full circle. That's right. (laughs) Unbelievable. We landed it again. Well, listen, Mark, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this today. Uh, Hopefully you had a a good time. I know I put you on the spot here. No, it's uh, great. I, I really do appreciate it. And thanks for coming on. Thanks very much, Chris. Really appreciate it. You're doing a, you're doing a great job with this and, uh, let's keep it going. 